Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 283. Doing what you like is freedom. Liking what you do is happiness. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Award-winning author and designer Dwight Knowlton has done it again. His book, The Greatest Race, is now available. The Greatest Race is the story of Sir Sterling Moss's epic and record-crushing win of the 1955 Mille Miglia in the Mercedes-Benz 300 SLR. In collaboration with Sir Sterling Moss himself, Dwight has created a wonderful children's book from this epic race as a follow-up to his best-selling book, The Little Red Racing Car. I have my own copy of The Greatest Race, and I can tell you, this kid's impressed. Like his previous book, this one is printed in the USA. Check out Dwight's Carpe Viem brand, where you can find both of his books, shirts, and more that embrace his seize the road philosophy. Enjoy Carpe Viem at carpegear.com, and be sure to sign up for his newsletter while you're at his website. That's carpegear.com, C-A-R-P-E gear.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Mike Pennington. Mike, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am just clipping in as we speak right now. I've got all my safety gear on, so I'm ready to roll. Very cool. Mike Pennington is the Director of Training and Consumer Relations for Meguiar's, the world's leading surface care company. He oversees the company's technical training programs and customer care center, He also works closely with their R&D department to help study and develop car care products for Meguiar's. He heads training for outside staff and conducts a wide variety of hands-on classes to teach and train users on the entire Meguiar's Surface Care brand. Mike, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share some more about your career, your interests, and of course your passion for taking care of automobiles? Absolutely, and it's, it's interesting, you know, it's been here at McGuire's for 25 years. Wow. Uh, you know, I have done quite a bit, but, you know, I got to kind of turn the clock back a little bit. And, and really what got my passion going when, is when I was growing up as a little kid. Mm-hmm. I can distinctly remember, you know, earning extra money. I think a lot of people, you know, when they're growing up do that by mowing lawns, cleaning pools, but I detailed cars growing up and washing <laughs> cars. Yeah. And I think that was kind of that first spark. And, you know, through the years, uh, went into college. Believe it or not, I have a degree in computer science, but my passion is automobiles and cars. So I'm really privileged and lucky to be in this hobby. Uh, you know, the car hobby is fantastic. So I'm just really, really lucky to land uh, at a job that I, I love what I do. Well, in many, many ways, you're the perfect guest for Cars Yeah, because you figured out how to wrap your passion with cars into your vocation. And I'll tell the audience, Mike and I have a little bit of a long-term relationship in a funny way. Years and years ago, he taught me how to use a machine orbital and some of the McGuire's car care products way, way back when I lived in Southern California. So this must have been almost 25 years ago. So it's nice to come back around and talk a little bit here. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. 
It's a quote that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning on cars, yeah, or I say should say the machine orbital wheel turning in your case. So, Mike, <laughs> take the wheel. Well, what, what I've, in fact, I have this hanging in my office today, and uh, it says, doing what you like is freedom. Mm. Liking what you do is happiness. Yes. And uh, if you think about that, it, it's, those are two completely separate you know, thoughts there. And certainly, liking what you do, getting up in the morning, when that alarm clock goes off, when you have to go to work, it doesn't become work anymore. You're actually energized. You jump up. And, you know, I think back to all the years of all the events I've been a part of and, and worked all those long weekends and getting up when it's dark, going to bed when it's dark. <laughs> I wouldn't trade it for the world. I really wouldn't trade it for the world. So it's a, doing what you like is freedom. Liking what you do is happiness. Well, it's a cliche in many ways. I hear many of my guests say, discover your passion and you'll never work a day in your life. That old quote by Henry Ford. But mm -hmm. in your case, you were detailing cars when you were a kid. I was doing the same thing when I was a kid, when I was in college. You carried a lot of steps, for, a lot of steps further, if you will. Tell me a little bit about what is so wonderful in your mind about taking care of surfaces on automobiles. Well, it's kind of twofold. One, it's gratifying to yourself. So having the ability to do things yourself is always a, a reward, but really seeing others. And, you know, through the years of working here at McGuire's, we've had a lot of people from do-it-yourselfers that are just learning how to take care of their cars for the first time, all the way up to, you know, I can got a lot of great stories about visiting manufacturing plants in Europe. And really just to see that, I guess you could say that moment of, I get it, I understand it, thanks for making my life easier, thanks for making my life better. And I know that sounds really, you know, odd, but it's just that whole passion of pride, passion, and helping others get the best results. Well, so many times in life, if you can figure out a way to have a career where you help others, you'll be so fulfilled. And you definitely have figured that one out. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Tell me if you can remember that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy. <laughs> well, I, you know, as I think back, it's, you know, you got the car washing days and earning that extra money. But I think really what, you know, locked me into this hobby was uh, my dad had a 1972 Datsun pickup truck. Ah. And I learned how to ride a motorcycle when I was very young, six years old. And he had this pickup truck that he bought for us to go riding, going to the desert and having fun. But I distinctly remember helping him work on that 72 Datsun pickup, handing him those wrenches, you know, going over and climbing up to that toolbox and, and grabbing those wrenches. And, you know, back then we had points and condensers and, you know, I was just beginning to learn all those terms. But it was just, I guess, emulating him, learning from him and doing what he was doing. And, and that is really, to this day, if I look back, was, you know, that moment of, I, I really enjoyed this. I like doing this. Right. And then, of course, you get older, you get into high school. And, you know, I didn't do a lot of going to the dances, going to the football games. All my friends were car guys. Mm. We were working on cars on the weekends. We were building cars. We were building motors. We were cruising, probably doing some stuff we shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> but 
that whole circle of friends, you know, was that I still have today and are, are some of my closest friends, and we still do it today, you know, yeah. build cars, work on cars. And I think all that combined, my dad was pivotal. He was, uh, you know, point number one. Yeah, yeah. It's great. I've heard that from many guests is working in the garage with dad or a brother or an uncle's. That passion starts back then. And I'd love to go down some of the roads that you've gone down, crawl under the hood, get our hands a little dirty. So certainly something you're not afraid of doing and ask you to share a huge challenge or even better, a great failure that you've faced along the way in your career. Something that's really been a hard wall to break through. But the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that situation and even more important, what did you learn from it? Well, you know, probably the biggest challenge, or one of the first ones, as I got older, went into college. And I, I went into college in San Diego, you know, <laughs> Point Loma Nazarene University. And when I graduated, I was lucky enough to have a job with McGuire's. And I had to pick up and relocate myself to Irvine. Now, granted, that's not that far. However, I did not know one single person. <laughs> so here I am coming out of college. I don't know anybody. I'm moving away. And that really was a big challenge for me internally. But what got me over it was I was going to somewhere that I loved the hobby. Mm. I couldn't imagine moving away from home, if you will, San Diego area, to do something that I was not passionate about. So really that car hobby, the detailing, the appearance, the people, all that made that the best decision I ever made, and, and that was really actually easy to overcome. Well, the great thing about your comment there has to do with something I always look at is, and if we surround ourselves with people who share our passion, we can be friends with anybody. And I encounter that all the time when I travel, go to car shows, races. You just start talking with another car person, and there's an instant bond there. I assume that's what you've discovered? That is exactly what it was, and it really started with, you know, everybody that worked at McGuire's. You know, when I started back in 1989, they were car people, and we're still car people today, and, and that made that transition very easy. And next thing you know, I was being absorbed into the car hobby in Orange County. Then I'd marry that back with San Diego, and, you know, now the car hobby is, you know, just about everywhere, but it was made it really easy to to transition up here because I was welcomed with open arms up here. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, you grew up in San Diego? I did. I was actually grew up in Carlsbad, which is, you know, north San Diego County. There you go. I went, yep. Do you familiar with that area? Well, I grew up in La Jolla, so uh, I'm a little older than you. So I was out of uh, high school as you were coming into junior high. I think we're about ah. seven years <laughs> apart, but uh, I believe our high schools played football against each other probably at different times than we were there. But uh, yeah, we were. were you ever a surfer? I, you know what's funny? I never. I lived less than a half a mile from the ocean, mm -hmm. and I tried surfing once. Okay, <laughs> and it just didn't click with me. But you know, Cars. <laughs> learned how to ride a motorcycle when I was six. I raced motorcycles, raced bicycles, raced go karts. Yep. Went to Carlsbad Raceway. Oh, you know, yeah. when I was sixteen, drag racing. Yeah. So uh, me too. I just. I, did you really? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. There was a motocross course out there, too. It, there sure was. Yep. In fact, I just ordered a shirt online as a retro throwback to Carlsbad Raceway. There you go. Yep. I've spent some time <laughs> on bikes, too, there. So very cool. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those aha moments in your career. I like to say it's a time when the headlights come on and illuminate your way for a new idea or a new direction that you had. And tell us how you took that aha moment and created a success out of it? Gosh, 
I think we talked a little bit earlier about going to you know Europe and and lucky enough to travel the globe and and visit and work with some of these people teaching them on pain care. But I remember going back with Barry McGuire to the BMW plant in Germany. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say this is an aha moment was because I was the one that was working with all the technicians and giving a demonstration and training on paint repair within the BMW factory. Cool. And I didn't have a lot of confidence at first. I was certainly nervous. You know, there's Barry McGuire. There's myself. Here's, you know, the executive staff of BMW. Yeah, some pretty serious folks. It was, you know, under that scrutiny, I guess, and I was maybe a little bit hard on myself. But um, what I took away in that aha moment was the products were great, the credibility of our brand, McGuire's, but my confidence to do a good job, and I did that. So really it was I was able to do this and have some confidence in what you do, believe in what you do, and all that's going to fall right into place. And it really made me open my eyes to say, you can do this. You, you know, we're all going to make mistakes, and that's okay, but just learn from your mistakes and move on. Yes. You know, there's a saying, the imposter syndrome, and so many people fall guilty of this. They feel like they're an imposter in their field because they they might get into a situation like you were in around some pretty high-level guys and feel like, oh, do I really know what I'm doing? And so much of it is just plowing through that confidence wall and saying, you know, I do know what I'm up to, and I am an expert in this area, and by golly, I just need to do what do what I need to do and be who I am, and uh, it'll shine through, and that, that imposter syndrome conflict that we have within ourselves just kind of evaporates. And that was kind of that moment I said, I think I want to become this trainer, because at that point I was in, in sales, and I really enjoyed that education, teaching, and working, and it really opened my eyes to and it was, I'm very thankful for that moment of, uh, let's call it, um, you know, a little bit of scared there for just a little while. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably a healthy scare, but I, I think that's great. And it's obvious that you chose the right path. Absolutely. And as I mentioned earlier, you're the one that taught me how to use a machine orbital some 20, almost 25 years ago. And up to that point, I was afraid to touch those things because I thought I would damage a car. But you showed me that, you know what, I could break through that imposter syndrome as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. How about proudest moments? I would assume you've had many in your long career there at McGuire's, but is there one in particular that stands out for you? You know what? I, I think it's one that continues to happen over and over again. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, whether it's the car clubs that we speak to or it's maybe some new employees that, you know, come in out of college uh, and they begin in the customer care centers, actually where I started as well in 1989, answering phones. And I see these people learn, have built confidence in themselves, and in a lot of cases become a better detailer, take care of their cars better. It turns into a business. Or what I like to really see is some of these employees move up through the company and build their confidence. And um, I guess you could say, you know, blossom up through the ranks and and that's happened multiple times, and, and I really enjoy that. It's, you know, because I was there one time myself, and if I can share my experiences and help somebody else, again, that's what it's all about. Oh, wonderful. Let's have a little bit of fun here. <laughs> I'd love for you, not that we aren't already having a great time, but I'd love for you to share with us your first really special car and perhaps a memory that you have with that vehicle. Oh, 
this is actually kind of a bittersweet one. <laughs> and I have tears in my eyes, and I don't know if that's happy tears or sad tears. <laughs> well, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> but there I was. I found I'd always wanted a Volkswagen Bug that had the Porsche wheels, the one-piece windows, and, and they're called cow bugs. Yeah. And, you know, oh, I think yeah. You, yep. I had a cow gear. There you go. <laughs> yep. So I finally found this 1965, you know, Volkswagen Bug, and this goes back before even uh, college. Talked to my dad about it, conned my dad into, you know, if I if I raised half the money, he's going to pitch the other half in, and so I got it. So I drive down there, I pick it up in San Diego. Beautiful vehicle, beautiful vehicle. And guess what happened on the drive home? Oh, I'm afraid to ask. Yeah, that's exactly right. I crashed it on the way home. Oh, no. Oh, no. So there I was. I, and, of course, before cell phones, I had to call my dad, tell him what had happened, that I'd crashed his brand-new vehicle that I'd saved up for. And and he was real good about, uh, you know, teaching me a couple lessons and, and picked me back up off the street from tears. And, yeah. You know, but uh, I learned a valuable lesson on that. And it, But it was, uh, again, a little bittersweet on that first first vehicle. But I do have fond pictures of that car still that I have in my garage. Oh, goodness. Well, <laughs> my Kia story is a little different in that, fortunately, I never crashed it. But the young lady who bought it from me, who wanted it for so many years, a month later after she purchased this from me, was hit by a drunk driver. And the car uh, was destroyed, and she uh, was she was almost killed, but she did survive. But uh, yeah, the sad tale of the Volkswagen. So, oh, but yours is much more sad. <laughs> the uh, drive on home. the way home from buying it. Oh, I couldn't believe it! Gosh, yeah, oh. I don't know if I was more embarrassed or frightened to call my dad to tell him what yeah, happened. Yeah, uh, probably both for sure. I think both. Is there a vehicle that you've owned that you've sold that we won't count the v, the VW because you didn't technically <laughs> sell it? I guess you had to sell it back to the insurance company. But uh, uh, any vehicles that you've let go that you really wish you could have back in your garage? You know what? There isn't, and I'm I'll have to admit I'm a Chevy guy at heart. But believe it or not, I had a couple of you know early Mustangs growing up, mm-hmm. and I had a, a beautiful 1966 Mustang. That you know, it's one of those. Why did I sell that? It was had just fixed it up the way I wanted. The, you know, the paint, the engine, the motor, the interior, and unfortunately, somebody came along and offered me more money than it was worth. Yeah, and I just decided to you know what? Let's sell this. Mm-hmm. But to this day, I just go. I wish I had that vehicle back. I really do. Yeah, was it a fastback or a coupe? No, it was just it was just a nope a regular old uh, coupe there. Coupe, yeah. Had you know pony interior, two eighty nine car. Nice. I had you know uh, done some chroming on the motor, and I mean it was a gorgeous you know wire wheels or wire hubcaps I should say, uh-huh. beautiful blue with a white vinyl top, and it was just yeah it, it kind of flat. If I think about it now, I'm just flashing right back to me driving that car and and how lucky and proud I was that I had this vehicle and, and worked on it and fixed it up and. Mm, yeah, I had a 66 GT350 clone, mm. same kind of thing, and just was a, it was my second American car, I've always had German sports cars, but it was just something special about that car, but somebody came along, offered me way more than I'd paid for it, and I let it go, but I've always thought back about that car, because everywhere I drove it, people would stop, talk to me, I couldn't get gas where it wouldn't take 30 minutes. Because everybody loved it. It was white with the blue stripes, you know, just like the way Shelby built them. And, uh, yeah, so we share some some other things about cars there. Yes, very similar stories. I love it. How about a vehicle that you purchased and shortly thereafter said to yourself, 
What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> that was a, uh, I think that was a Datsun 510 that I bought one time. Oh, okay. And I love Datsun 510s, yeah. but I was under this assumption that I was going to take this car, do some work on it, customize it, flip it, and make some money on it. Well, that didn't pan out. So <laughs> yeah. I can remember to this day, me and a couple of my friends, the car is just torn apart in, in the garage. Here comes my mom and dad. What are you guys doing? You know, this isn't going to work. And, and it basically didn't work. Yeah. But we kind of had to put all the pieces into the back of a truck and sell it for less money than, you know, we paid for it. And that was a hard lesson. But uh, we gave it our best effort, but just couldn't make it work. Well, that's a tough business, restoring and selling cars for a profit, you know. it's. Uh, and we were like 17 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> even even more but difficult. Oh, uh, but the stories and should have seen my mom and dad's face when they walked out and just saw these parts uh -huh. strewn across the garage in a million pieces, you know. Yep. Yeah, been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> How about current projects? I know in our pre-show chat, you wanted to talk about a couple different things here. One was uh, on a per more personal side of what you're doing, but also some of the new products you guys are coming out with at McGuire's. I'd love to hear about that. Uh, sure. And on that personal side, um, really, too, is I've got my 66 Nova that I've had for gosh, probably going on 11 year now, 11 years. And you know how hot rods are never completed. They're always work in progress. But yeah. uh, we've just done a bunch of work on that. But uh, another one of my circle of friends, we just literally finished building a 67 uh, Chevelle wagon Ooh. that um, it's almost like a baby being born. I mean, that first time you fire the motor and you hear it and drive it away. And we just did that a couple weeks ago. So uh, wow. that's my uh, friend down at Fallberg, Jim Daily and you know, Tom Osborne and Carlsbad and Warren Nogler and Dean Kuhn, and we finally got this Chevelle 640 horsepower wagon on the road just a couple weeks ago, so we're excited on that one. 640 horsepower? Normally aspirated stroker big block. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> Time to get some wagon. groceries, honey. <laughs> it is exactly a sleeper wagon, too, and that's yeah. the best part of it is you open that hood, it's got air conditioning, stock-looking coil, stock-looking air cleaner, and it's... Uh, wow. But uh, when that thing comes alive, it's kind of shocks and rocks the world. You know, once again here, I'm thinking we have the same... Uh, that we're brothers from another mother because... <laughs> Maybe we are. My first car was a 67 Chevy Nova. Oh, yeah. this is getting spooky now. Yeah, a little spooky, yeah, before I got that <laughs> Kia. And, uh, yeah, that was my mobile surf wagon, I call it. It wasn't a wagon. It was a four-door sedan, kind of an old granny car, but uh, didn't have anything like the motor you got in that wagon that you're doing. But uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. But tell me a little bit about some things you're doing at McGuire's with with Surface Care. Well, well, on the you know the 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 business side of it, it's interesting because it's you know we certainly make a lot of great products here, you know, at McGuire's, oh, yeah. and, you know, but every so often we we really make uh, let's call it a game changer, and I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Uh, you know, think of clay. It really was a game changer in the industry. Mm -hmm. uh, microfiber towels yep. was another game changer. Uh, even the DA polishers, you know, if you yes. think about what a game changer they were. Very much so. But this year we launched a new headlight kit that is really a game changer, not only that, only because we believe in it, but the feedback that we're already getting. And it's called our Perfect Clarity Headlight Restoration Kit. And really what it's about is, you know, 
restoring headlights is, you know, not new to the industry. You know, headlights have that UV coating on them from the factory. And over time and exposure, they begin to yellow and fade. And in the past, you know, sandpaper, you'd, you'd sand it two or three steps. You'd polish it with either a rotary, maybe a DA, maybe a drill. And they would become clear again. You would wax them or put some type of protectant on there. And then, unfortunately... Four to six months later, approximately, Comes they would right yellow back. out again. They'd yeah. be right back again. Yep. So we kind of scratched our head here and said, gosh, you know, R&D Lab, can you come up with something that, one, makes the job easier, and two, last? And they, they really did in this case, and it's a two-step process. First step is literally specialized cleaning solution and a specialized cleaning pad that you work by hand. So instead of multiple steps of sanding, it's one step of working by hand still, and because you've got to remove that oxidation, you really do. Yep. The second part of that is the protectant, and that's an aerosol spray that some of these professionals have been using for years, but they required special lamps, special lights to cure it. Right. Well, this, the consumer can spray this on, brings back clarity, and it actually lasts for one year, ASTM certified, not to yellow for one full year. Wow, cool. So uh, that's our Perfect Clarity Headlight Restoration, and it's available now, and it is, it is again, I hate to use that word game changer, but it is absolutely amazing and, and how easy, how clear, and how long it lasts. So it's not like these late-night infomercials where wipe on, wipe off, your headlights are new it, again. <laughs> it almost sounds like that, you know, as I, even as I'm hearing myself, but that's just that excitement of, yeah. my goodness, it, this actually does beyond what it says it does. And um, Of course, it's from the trusted name Aguirre, so it's not going to be the snake oil you see late night that uh, really doesn't not. work. Yeah. So that's very exciting and definitely something that as more and more people are hanging on to cars because cars are becoming so expensive and want to keep their cars looking good and even people who take great care of their cars those headlights they do fade out they just don't stay as nice as paint because that surface is porous and oxidizes if you will i might be using the wrong term here in the case of plastic on lights but i think the listeners know what i mean that yellowing that happens and it's really a safety issue it really is. You, you know, you got that whole appearance side, but the whole safety issue is the whole other half of that coin, and um, you got to keep them clear and clean. You know, yeah. especially going into winter time. You know, well, that's when we really encourage people. You know, the daylight hours are shorter. It's darker. Check your headlights, especially in the winter months. Yeah, and if you lived up here in the Northwest, where I moved to, from sunny Southern California to rainy <laughs> Northwest, although we've had a very nice spring, spring so far, and nice winter here this year, but uh, yeah, where you have to have your headlights on even during the day because it's raining, you know, quite often, and you want to be seen. So, uh, well, very exciting, very cool. I love that you shared that with us, and uh, love the cars. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Mike. I love <laughs> asking this question: If you were a car, what kind of car would you be, and why? Ooh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, I would have to say a Hennessy CTS V. Their 800 horsepower version of that CTS V. Yeah, the four door version. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going straight for the top. I guess you but are. What I like about that is it looks good. It is certainly fast, but it's really functional too. So you got that 
four-door. It's got a warranty. It's not going to break down on you. So uh, you can drive it every day, be confident, and you can have a little bit of fun with it when you roll into that throttle and uh, almost a sleeper looking by itself at the same time. But I I think that's what I would be. And, of course, I would be black in color. (laughs) The most difficult color to keep looking great. (laughs) It'll look good for about 10 minutes, but that's where our products come into play. Exactly. And you've got plenty of those. Yeah, I'm sure you walk around with an orbital in your pocket and a microfiber in your back pocket, so you'll always be looking nice. So There you go. Very cool. Well, Mike, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's sponsor. No more worries about a dead battery. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium-ion technology that'll start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle every time. It includes a built-in ultra-bright dual-LED flashlight, and it easily recharges with USB outlet so you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality, design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. All right, Mike, we're back and we're entering the last lap, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some really quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? Let's go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh, that would be read and follow directions before <laughs> you do something. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> advice for a man because we don't read any stinking directions. <laughs> would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Oh, yeah, that's easy. It's uh, Hard work definitely pays off. Definitely. You know, sometimes we all want to cut that corner and, you know, do it a little bit easier. But in the long run, cutting all those corners and taking the easy way out definitely is not going to pay off. So uh, work hard and uh, it'll come back to you tenfold. Yes, absolutely. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our Cars yeah listeners? Well, of course, you know, com is going to be our main website that, you know, because we get a lot of questions on just, believe it or not, simple appearance care all the way up to those complex questions of yeah. of buffing so it'll be the com, and that'll be our main portal to get you to our facebook our twitter our discussion forums yeah and and you have a, a staff there that if someone wants to call in and talk to somebody live if they're right out there in the garage and they're having problems that exists as well Absolutely, and that's a big part of it. We're here six days a week, and it's really those surface care specialists is what we call them that, that literally will walk you through each and every problem you have. And they can be reached at 1-800-347-5700, and they're there six days a week to talk to you. Excellent. We'll make sure that that number gets up on your show notes page. How about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share with the Cars Yow listeners you think they would really enjoy reading? <laughs> well, does the magazine count? Because you got to go to that Hot Rod magazine first. You know, I grew up on that, but... Uh, Magazines are fine, you know. I, I think I told you I have something like 40 subscriptions to magazines, and uh, I definitely would pick up a magazine, I hate to say this out loud, instead of a book, just because I can go through it quicker and, you know, it uh, fix that, that gets that quick fix going. But, uh, yeah, if there's a magazine, but if there's a book, even better. Well, yeah... <laughs> I would think probably one that just jumps off the top of my head that I kind of, you know, really flash back to is uh, Richard Carlson, 
uh, wrote, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Ah, uh, yes. And I think a lot of us may know that, but many of us may not know that. But, you know, some great messages in that book, such as, you know what, you don't have to be perfect. It's okay to make a mistake here and there. And I kind of referenced that earlier with, you know, my early days of training and, and making my, a couple mistakes, and I wanted to do this, and that was my calling. So. Yeah. Uh, that one will jump out to me. It's a great book, and we'll make sure that gets up on the guest-recommended readers page at the Cars yeah website. And listeners, you can find links to all these great resources at carsyeah.com slash Mike Pennington. All right, Mike, this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost, because today I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like, what would that one vehicle be and why? Well, you make it so hard because you say only allowed to have one. I'm sorry. It's all I can afford. You know, <laughs> your guest number 283. I've bought a lot of cars over the last year. <laughs> my, oh, my. Yes. Well, you know, I, I said earlier I'm kind of a, you know, uh, heartbeat of America Chevy guy. Yeah. But again, I'm going to have to go outside that brand and Ooh. say one collector car. Man. Yeah. It would have to be probably a 66 Shelby AC Cobra with a 427. Ah, uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, those are awesome. What is it about that car that, you know, I, I've had many guests who've selected Cobras on this show, but what is it about the Cobra that really you just love so much? It is just timeless. It was as popular now as it was back then, and it is absolutely it tells a story when you look at it. You know, if you just stand there in silence, you could hear it telling stories about its history, its heritage, and I just absolutely love those cars. Just beautiful. What color would you choose? I would probably have to go with either silver with black stripes or bare aluminum with some type of offset stripe on it. Oh, interesting. I would, I'd be kind of, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want the traditional blue and white. I, I wouldn't be picky, but um, hmm, interesting. I'm not sure what I would do. <laughs> yeah. Well, you think about that a little bit. Email me so I make sure I pick out the right one for you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and McGuire's? Well, it's probably going to be just visit us at, uh, you know, McGuire's.com. And that will be the best portal, again, to get to ultimately any of our customer care guys, any of the information about our, all of our videos, all of our online videos, uh, a little bit more about our history, about Barry McGuire and his father and his grandfather that started the business in 1901. And, uh, again, you can call us at 800-347-5700, and one of our surface care specialists will either help you or ask for me, and they'll pass you on over to me. There you go. Well, we've had Barry on the show as well. He's been a guest here at Cars, yeah. So it's great to to finally get you on here, Mike, today. And listeners, again, you can find links to everything that Mike has been so kind to share with us today at CarsYeah.com. Just put Mike into the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. Mike, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. It's been really fun. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much, and you have a great one. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.